And a very good evening, everybody. Very happy to have you here with us on this week's episode of the Sports Gospel Podcast and SportsGospel.com. A bit of a different show this week in that I am all by myself for episode 49. Life, busyness, March, getting in everybody's schedules, uh, getting in the way of everybody's schedule. So we have Andrew scheduled for next week to do all college basketball show to get us really ready for the tournaments. He's doing his deep dive here, prepping. So just me this week, and what I really wanted to focus on, I had the other guys provide their feedback, some of their ideas that we should look at. We are going to really geek out on NFL free agency this week. The combine is happening, the draft is on the horizon, and we're about to enter the free agent frenzy. And we originally did one cut of this episode that went very, very, very long. So I decided to trim it down and really look at who are the top 12 teams that seem to have the most exciting offseason ahead of them. Maybe they have a lot of cap space available. Maybe they don't have much cap space available. Uh, big trades that could be happening. Teams who could be losing some of their marquee players. Maybe they'll... And we're not NFL GMs. We just like to have a little bit of fun. We looked at the numbers, looked at kind of the teams and the landscape of the league, and just giving our two cents on how we think this will all shake out and how you can feel about your franchise. We're going to start here with the 12 most intriguing franchises as we see it and going alphabetical order, starting with the Arizona Cardinals. And really the way we looked at this is coming up for a question of each one of these teams. What is their biggest need? What do they address? What question are they asking? And with the Cardinals... It's what weapons do they want to put around Kyler Murray? Kyler Murray had some issues in the offseason. They seem to be resolved. They've re-signed GM Steve Keim and Cliff Kingsbury extended their contracts. And it sounds like things are going well for Kyler Murray. This guy is the face of the franchise, the future of this franchise. If he wants out, however, this is the year if you're a quarterback, a very weak quarterback class, uh, both allegedly in the draft and in the free agency. We'll talk more about that as we go. But what weapons do they want to put around him? Listen to the guys that are free agents for the Cardinals. A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz, Max Williams, Chase Edmonds, and James Conner. Every offensive weapon they have, basically, with the exception of DeAndre Hopkins. He's obviously going to be the number one guy, but I think Christian Kirk is going to be a key for them, keeping him as the number two behind DeAndre Hopkins. I think A.J. Green, he'd be a nice piece to have there if you really have title aspirations, but we know his best days are behind him. He's a good, reliable 3-4 veteran leader for that locker room. I think the big ones are Zach Ertz and Christian Kirk. Keeping them here keeps Arizona in the hunt. Chase Edmonds and James Conner. James Conner had a tremendous year last year, was one of the top rusher uh, rushers in terms of touchdowns. But really kind of a, a situational guy for them, not your every down back, not a star feature back. But if you lose he and Chase Edmonds, that's going to be a big uphill uh, climb to have for the Cardinals. So you really have to ask yourself, which weapons do we want to have? Are these the guys we want to go with? Do we look in the drafts? Not a lot of running backs and wide receivers. There's some really good top end wide receivers. Chris Godwin, Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams going to be the big one. But do those guys want to stay? I don't know that you're going to find much better than Christian Kirk. So I say you pay these guys. However, you can get some tight ends. This is a loaded tight end class. We'll talk about that with some other teams. I think that's that's the biggest thing Arizona has to address is how much do you want to dedicate to these weapons? Because you go to the other side of the ball, and you've got Chandler Jones sitting there as the biggest one. A few other guys going to come up. But Chandler Jones, he is the available stud on that defensive side of the ball. That outside linebacker, defensive end type player. And even with age, I believe he's on the what we call the wrong side of 30, exactly 32 years old, according to the site I'm looking at. So a lot of wear and tear on his body, but he still performed last year. was one of the best pass rushers in the game. We're going to say that a lot as we go through this. There's a lot of veteran pass rushers coming up this year, but you may not be able to keep Chandler Jones. So they have a lot of questions to ask in Arizona. 
Next up, we have the Atlanta Falcons. And sorry, Falcon fans, but the question is, are they in line for a first overall draft pick next year? As much as I love Matt Ryan, he eats up about as much salary as any individual player in the league. You can argue that he has earned it. These This franchise's best days are with Matt Ryan at quarterback. He's an MVP. He's going to go in the Hall of Fame. But he eats up a lot of their salary cap, and they are not just, they're just not going to have a lot of flexibility. 26th in cap room right now, so they're going to have to let some guys walk. And for them, the trouble is it's mostly guys on defense, where we've been saying this for a decade now that Atlanta has no defense. You get Grady Jarrett's been nice. Deion Jones is a nice piece, but they really just can't keep defensive guys there in Atlanta. Offense is going to be fine. You've got Matt Ryan. Uh, basically, anybody else comes around him, they get an offense that works. But that defense, you're going to lose uh, basically your entire back end of your defense with the exception of A.J. Ter- uh, AJ Terrell. And then on the offensive side of the ball, Hayden Hurst could be gone, a great tight end. Talking about that tight end class, let's just get it out there. Zach Ertz, Hayden Hurst, C.J. Uzama, Robert Tunyon, Dalton Schultz, and Rob Gronkowski, just to name a few. Those are your top end of your tight end class. So if you're a team that's tight end shopping, this is a great year for you. Perhaps Kyle Pitts has made Hayden Hurst an expendable player. Kyle Pitts was the best wide receiver for this team as a tight end last year. So maybe that makes Hurst an expendable piece for them. But Atlanta, just not a lot of wiggle room for them. And I think you're going to see a lot of talent leave this team. And I think it's going to be rough sailing for the Falcons this upcoming year. I think they are in line for probably getting Bryce Young. I believe Matt Ryan has, I want to say, one year left on his deal. And once he's gone, Atlanta's going to need a new quarterback and they're going to start fresh. But may work out for the best. Just don't expect a whole lot out of the Falcons. Not a lot of depth, and they could risk losing a lot of their veteran leaders, especially on that defense where they just can't afford to. On to the Baltimore Ravens. How much do their veteran players have left in the tank? Particularly when you look at the defensive side of the ball, the Ravens are all veterans. Brandon Williams, Calais Campbell, Justin Houston, Pernell McPhee running around there. Uh, Jimmy Smith on the back end, the cornerback, who has somewhat been uh, moved to a role player position, but really look at the front end uh, of that defense. Some of the best we've seen in the last decade, Calais Campbell and Justin Houston, especially all free agents, all very expensive players who are, unless they want to maybe go to a ring chasing team, are going to demand a lot of salary coming up this next year. And you've got Atlanta, who's, or not Atlanta, pardon, Baltimore, who's kind of low middle of the salary cap pool but I think this team just has to really worry about getting that offense better you know that the Ravens are going to have great defense it's just it's always Patrick Queen leading the way there guys like Marcus Peters Marlon Humphrey Tyus Bowser Derek Wolf Odafe Owe maybe he makes somebody like Justin Houston uh, replaceable I think you could see some of these veterans walk because you need to make room to get weapons in here you can't imagine a running back room more snake bitten than the Ravens were last year so you have to imagine some of those guys will get healthy you risk losing Bradley Bowman on the offensive side I think you have to make sure he gets money and then I would go after some of these wide receivers would an Allen Robinson a Christian Kirk a Mike Williams would somebody like that be interested in the Ravens Lamar Jackson cannot do it all. They need to bolster that offensive line, get some more wide receivers out there. Hopefully Rashad Bateman can become a stud number one for them. We'll see what happens with Hollywood Brown and Tylen Wallace. But Baltimore, I think you have to let some of those veterans walk and add some more dedication to the offense. I feel like the Chicago Bears, is it just time to tear it down? Yes, you've got Justin Fields. He flashed a little bit last year. It seems like the guy to really build around for the future. But there are people all over this team becoming free agents. I would say Allen Robinson, probably the best one. 
the wide receiver for them, but I think somebody's going to roll out the red carpet and offer him a bunch of money. There's plenty of teams who can always use a one, maybe a very high end number two. If you're you know, kind of worked with Tennessee with a AJ Brown and Julio Jones, could there be a team who wants that? Who a one A and a one B even? He could be go- <clears throat> he could be gone. Marquise Goodwin, Damari Bird, Jakeem Grant. That's four wide receivers: Jason Peters, James Daniels, Jermaine Effetti, Jimmy Graham, Andy Dalton. This feels like I'm reading a roster from 2014. And then you go over to the defense. Akeem Hicks is going to be the big one here. Not a great defensive tackle class, not a lot of interior defensive linemen, but Akeem Hicks, I think, can command a salary, even though he's pretty long in the tooth as far as NFL players go. But he could be gone. Alec Ogletree could be gone. Tashawn Gibson, Artie Burns. So I have a lot of veterans, a lot of older players that it kind of feels like you just let these guys go. Maybe you trade Khalil Mack. I would absolutely look at trading Khalil Mack and start building again. Maybe you could do something with Roquan Smith or Robert Quinn. But to me, this just feels like it could be a rough season for the Bears. You've got a new coach, still a young quarterback. Never want to say anybody gives up on a season, but I don't see a great path forward for the Bears unless they let some of these guys go and really open up their salary cap. A decent amount of money, 12th right now in available cash. So the Bears Bears can do some stuff this year. If they're able to hit some home runs, maybe that keeps some of these other players around. But a lot, lot of holes that Chicago needs to fill in short order. And here they are, the Cincinnati Bengals, which when you look at this, it's amazing what the Bengals did on a shoestring budget last year. They are fourth in available salary cap. They have so much money left for this offseason, barely spent anything last year, and they got to the Super Bowl. Such a fun story, and they really don't look like they're going to lose a lot. A lot of the players they brought in, the Riley Reefs, the Larry Ogunjobis, kind of the one-year rental players, maybe they bring those guys back, but I don't believe either of them played in the playoffs, at least not the Super Bowl. So you see how good they can be without them. I think you'd want to try to get uh, CJ Uzama back and definitely Jesse Bates. Jesse Bates seemed to get picked on a little bit in the playoffs, but he is a top flight safety in this league, a guy you absolutely want to have back. Some guys further down the depth chart, I think, could be gone, but you're the Bengals. You have all this money to spend. If I'm them, I'm circling names, starting with that offensive line. I look at guys like Orlando Brown, Brandon Scherf, Trent Brown, Taron Armstead, I'm going for three or four of these guys. Build me that offensive line. We cannot risk a franchise-changing, potentially top-three quarterback in the league to get beat up the way Joe Burrow was this last year. If they got that offensive line right, the Bengals could be very, very dangerous. I especially love them getting Scherf to anchor as the guard there, uh, the very high-paid guard for the Bengal, uh, for the Washington Commanders. I have to get used to saying Commanders now. But he could be, I believe, may already be, but for sure would become the highest paid guard in the league. A lot of the top tier offensive linemen are tackles that make the most money. Very few are over $20 million. I think Scherf got 18 last year, so he'd be looking at $20 million. I would love to see Orlando Brown or Trent Brown or Taron Armstead there to help that blindside for Joe Burrow. That's where I think the Bengals need the most help. You can sprinkle in some of these other veterans. I would love to see them go get a Casey Hayward, uh, Tyron Matthew, If you can't bring back Uzama, go get one of the other tight ends. I think they're pretty well set at wide receiver, running back, quarterback. The front end of that defense looks very, very good. For them, it's really where do you spend all of this money and where are your biggest needs? We've heard it before. People want to play with Joe Burrow. Cincinnati suddenly is the attractive place that players want to go win and win now. So I think you get some of those veteran, um, kind of the ring chasing, the one-year rentals. I think there's plenty of those guys out there that would be very drawn to Cincinnati this offseason. And here they are, the Dallas Cowboys, one of those teams that I'm very, very worried about, or I would be worried if I were a Dallas fan. 
what are they going to lose? Another team, there's two more coming up who are in even worse situations, one in particular. But Dallas, way over the cap. I don't think there's any way they're able to keep all these guys they're going to lose. But there are some very critical pieces for the Cowboys. And really, it's it's not if, but who are they going to lose? Michael Gallup, Connor Williams, Dalton Schultz on the offensive side. Defensively, you've got Randy Gregory, Keanu Neal, Leighton Vanderesh, Demonte Casey, J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker all coming up. And a lot of those names were kind of free agent signings for them. I believe J. Ron Curse, Malik Hooker, Keanu Neal all were new last year, kind of one-year guys, maybe the same with Demonte Casey. It feels like the Cowboys just picked the bones of the Falcons last year. But Dallas is going to lose so much. They made such great strides in their defense last year, going from one of the most abysmal in the league to a legitimate defense. But how many, how much of that can be owed to these one-year rental players that they brought in? Can you get a J-Ron Curse? I think he's the biggest one you have to get. If you can sign J-Ron Curse to a long-term deal, gives you a great safety to go along with what I think are decent corners. We know Trevon Diggs is great, but I also think Anthony Brown's a viable starter. You've got good young guys and Micah Parsons and Neville Gallimore up front. Add some pieces around them. As long as Dak Prescott's healthy, I think they can really make this happen. I do think Michael Gallup is going to be tough to keep, but you've already got CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. There's probably more affordable number three options out there. I don't think you can keep him. Dalton Schultz may be tough. But this defense, especially if that Dallas defense gets gutted, the Cowboys are going to be in trouble. They paid all that big money to Zeke and Dak a couple of years ago and keep paying that great offensive line. They are short on cash, long on talent, short on cash. And here we are, the team that will be the talk of the offseason, the Green Bay Packers. What do you do with Aaron Rodgers? I think he's going to stay. I think they rework the deal, get him what, what he wants. And I think that also includes keeping Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams is going to require a bunch of money, and the Packers are 31st in the salary cap right now, so really no money for them to do anything. But I think if you keep Rodgers and you keep Devontae Adams, Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Equinemius St. Brown, can they keep both of them, or do they have to let them go? Uh, a couple other role players here. Devondre Campbell is going to be the big one on the defensive side of the ball. He blew everybody away in his one year with the Packers. But it's it's you have to prioritize if you're the Packers. If you sign Devontae Adams to this huge monster deal where if he's going to be looking at you know potentially twenty north of $20 million, you would think, for his deal. I believe he's making fourteen five last year. You, you can't keep all these guys. You're going to have to let those other receivers and tight ends go. Devondre Campbell's probably gone. Oren Burks, a guy who's been around there for a few years, is gone. So it's a very curious situation with the Packers. But I, all in all, as much as it's fun to talk about it, think it's curious to think of a you know the Broncos there's a few of these other teams maybe curious will they make a move for Rodgers what would they give up somebody like a New York Giants more on their quarterback trades later some of those guys but for the Packers at the end of the day you stay pat you pay those two and maybe looking at the draft to get a lot of young guys to fill these holes you're going to lose with the other veterans Kansas City Chiefs another team kind of like the Falcons You've got a lot of money tied up in your quarterback and a lot of other big deals that are going to need to be satisfied here in the next couple of years with guys like Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. How much can the Chiefs afford to keep their big stars around? You've got Orlando Brown, Melvin Ingram, Jaron Reed, Teron Matthew, Daniel Sorensen, and Mike Hughes all coming available. Those are all starters for this team. I think it was inevitable that this team, when you signed Patrick Mahomes to the biggest contract in NFL history, 
this was going to be the way things broke for the Chiefs. I'm not sure who you would prioritize. I feel like Orlando Brown is the guy you really want to keep. He is a mammoth human being who keeps Patrick Mahomes upright. So if you're the Chiefs with their, where are they at here? Kansas, they have about $12 million available in cap space, 11 to $12 million. You see what you can do to re-sign Brown's deal. He's going to basically take up all that money. So if you can get him, he'd be the guy I would really want to look at. We saw what happened when they got destroyed by the Buccaneers, Buccaneers in the Super Bowl, completely retooled their line, and Brown was a key part of anchoring that line. He's the guy I would really want to keep, but I think that means you're going to have to watch a lot of great defensive players walk out the door. Now, granted, you still have Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Nick Bolton, uh, Legarius Sneed around there, great players. Teron Matthew feels like a guy, especially, who somebody's going to offer a lot of money to. He still has plenty to offer despite all the years he's been in the league. I think somebody's going to give him a lot of money to lure him away from Kansas City. But the Chiefs, they're still right there at the top, but there could be a lot. There could be a mass exodus out of Kansas City this year. And the defending champions, what are Odell Beckham and Von Miller worth to you? Those are really the only two big-name players they're going to lose. The could feasibly run it back if we assume that Aaron Donald and Sean McVay are actually coming back, and the Rams can really run this thing back. Von Miller is going to be about a $20 million, $20 million a year player for a year or two. I think I would give it to him. We know, we know the Rams don't want to draft. They're going to trade their draft picks for who knows what, but we know what the Rams are about. They're going to go you know, hired guns. They're going to go get the ring chasers. They're going to go get the mercenaries. They want veterans. They want proven stars. They're not going to worry about the draft. They will. I'm not so. I'm not sold on Odell Beckham. We'll see how he looks after the injury anyway, but I think they have enough weapons, and there's plenty of other opportunities out there to go get a number three wide receiver like a Michael Gallup. How great would Michael Gallup look next to Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson? Some offensive line. Maybe bolster that offensive line a little bit if you're the Rams. But I think as long as you bring Von Miller back, this team should be right back where they were and not lose a step in the offseason and be a favorite again for 2022. And we get to the team that has more money to spend than anybody in the NFL, the Miami Dolphins. New coach, new era. So they seem to be aligned on that, which may make Jacoby Brissett uh, disposable, which another guy like Terod Taylor, any team wants Jacoby Brissett on their roster as a, a backup, a spot starter, if you're Carolina, would you rather have Jacoby Brissett, Cam Newton, or Sam Darnold? So he could probably demand some attention. They're not really losing any of their starters either. They're going to bring back almost every starter on both sides of the ball. Props to them for sneaky good drafting. We never think about the Dolphins being great drafters, but Raquan Davis, Christian Wilkins, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, Xavier uh, Howard, and they did pick up Byron Jones in free agency. So a lot of smart, savvy moves for the Dolphins. They are in a great position. If Tua pans out, Watch out for the Dolphins to be a really, really great team. They do risk losing Malcolm Brown, Jason McCordy, and Will Fuller, so those are some of the veterans that could be on the way out, along with Emmanuel Ogba. A lot of money to spend, a new coach, and a team that's really kind of set. And some of these big-money veterans were sitting out there. Maybe you improve. The offensive line is decent for them, but a Trent Brown... I'm going to keep saying some of these names over and over again. Brandon Scherf, you know, Morgan Moses, Lakin Tomlinson. There's a litany of tight end, uh, offensive linemen you can get tight ends. Mike Gusecki could be gone, so you look at a Zach Ertz. Maybe Gronk would want to stay down in Florida and play with them, add some wide receiver depth. The Dolphins are in a tremendous situation position right now as an on-field team. It may not feel like it with everything we've heard going on with them, but you look at the roster, you look at the salary cap, the Dolphins are in a terrific position to make some moves and 
really be a surprise team this next year. And the New England Patriots, our, our big question with them is, are the Patriots stalwarts all going to be on their way out? Look at who's a free agent for the Patriots. And again, some of these guys will probably re-sign if, Bel- if Belichick wants them. But these are the tried and true blue blood Patriot players. Matthew Slater, Ted Karras, Brian Hoyer, Brandon Bolden, Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, J.C. Jackson, Devin McCourty, James White. These are the guys. These are like the Patriot guys that have been around forever, bought into the Belichick and Brady system and carried it on in the post-Brady era. So I just wonder how many of these guys will leave Karras and Trent Brown, who they brought over Raiders. Trent Brown, who is another one, I think somebody's going to offer him an absurd amount of money. He's probably another one of those $20 million offensive linemen. Patriots, not a lot of money to work with this offseason. I think they're set at the other positions on the offense, or at least where they're going to spend. We know that the Patriots don't love to spend in the offseason. They do need some wide receiver help, but I don't know that they're going to spend to get what they need in this offseason. So re-signing Brown and Karras, if they can do it, are essential, but I don't know that they have the money to make that happen. But that defensive side, imagining a Patriots team without Jamie Collins, Dante Hightower, J.C. Jackson, and Devin McCourty, that's what Belichick hangs his hat on. The defensive line will be set, but the linebackers and defensive backs, it could look completely different for them if they can't sign them. And honestly, I think McCourty and Jackson are gone. I think they're going to get offered a lot of money to go elsewhere. Maybe you could keep Hightower or Collins. But it feels like the Patriot book is kind of starting to turn the page here with a lot of these long-term guys that we think about being part of the dynasty coming to the end of their deals. Now we go to the aforementioned Seattle Seahawks. I think Russell Wilson is gone. It's tough to say. Got this team their first Super Bowl, but I think he is going to be gone. I do think Pete Carroll stays. Obviously, it's a little bit late to be making a coaching change, but I think he stays. But I don't think they've done enough to help Russell Wilson out. And you could risk losing Dwayne Brown, probably the best offensive lineman, and he's very far into his NFL career. Guys like Gerald Everett, Will Disley, Rashad Penny could all be coming available. I think Seattle could be in for a another one of those contending for the first overall draft pick type years. Trade Russell Wilson, get draft picks. We know Seattle's made some very foolish trades and draft picks in the la- uh, last few years. Everything you think about the Jamal Adams trade, everything they gave to the Jets to get him. Seattle, not a great history with draft pick management, but I think they can recoup some of that. If you trade Russell Wilson, get a lot of picks, cash, players back for him. I think that'd be a huge get for them. Uh, Quandre Diggs could be leaving, probably the best guy on the defensive side coming available. The defense is decent. The offense, the weapons are there, at least at wide receiver. There's a lot more holes for Seattle to fill than we really think about. But the big question is, where does Russell Wilson go? I I'm convinced that he's gone from Seattle. I'm not so convinced that some of these other quarterbacks are leaving. I think Aaron Rodgers stays. Daniel Jones, who knows what happens. Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll get to him here in a minute. But Russell Wilson is one I'm most convinced is on his way out of town. It's just what can Seattle recoup for him, and how does that shape their team for the future? Speaking of Mr. Garoppolo, going down the West Coast to San Francisco, this Jimmy G, Trey Lance thing, if you're a team looking for a quarterback... The San Francisco 49ers would love to take your call because they're looking around the landscape. You can get Jimmy Garoppolo for a lot cheaper than you can get Russell Wilson, but there is not much else out there if you're debating on what quarterback you want. Despite what people say, Jimmy Garoppolo is a winning quarterback in this league. He's not going to be Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes, but he can win games. You look at a Carolina, a Denver, 
Houston, maybe even the Giants if they change their mind. Philadelphia, do they really like Jalen Hurts or do they want to try something else? Pittsburgh would be a very interesting one if they want to go with him. So plenty of options, plenty of suitors. I'm not totally sold that he's gone, but I don't know why you would draft Trey Lance and let him sit in this day and age. I've been a big supporter of letting quarterbacks sit and learn. As much as I would keep Jimmy Garoppolo and work with him, I think the writing is on the wall. They want to go with Trey Lance, trade Jimmy Garoppolo, get some picks back for him. Looking at this team, another one that's really probably going to lose depth in role players more than anything, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Jimmy Ward, those guys aren't going anywhere. Uh, Mike McGlinchey is not going anywhere. Javon Kinlaw, D. Ford, George Kittle, Alex Mack, Trent Williams. Look at all the guys that they're going to bring back. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk. So they're the 49ers are set to run it back and be a playoff team again. They just need to figure out the quarterback situation. If Trey Lance is really the guy and they can trade Jimmy Garoppolo for some depth and draft picks, watch out for the 49ers. They could be a sneaky good team heading into the next season. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the question here, how many players will jump ship without Tom Brady? They really went out and signed Tom Brady's guys. He wanted Gronk. He wanted Leonard Fournette. They came to town and wanted to play with him. They got their rings. Those guys are both up. Are they gone? Add in Ali Marpet retiring. Ryan Jensen is a free agent. O.J. Howard, the tight end, is a free agent. Ronald Jones, the second, is a free agent. Uh, Gio Bernard, so three running backs could be on their way out the door. And Dominican Sue, Steve McClendon, William Golston, Jason Pierre-Paul, all guys who were a key part of that uh, front, uh, defensive front rotation for them could all be gone. The defensive backfield looks like it should be mostly intact, with the exception of Carlton Davis, a tremendous physical cornerback I don't think they'd want to lose, but a guy who feels like he's probably going to get a big money deal from somebody. You think somebody we just talked about, like a Philadelphia, could come calling for him. But I just wonder how many of these guys are going to stay and how many of them want to be a part of the Tampa Bay situation without Tom Brady. They did a great job drafting a lot of these guys. I know guys like Gronk and Fournette were brought in for Brady. But somebody like a Chris Godwin, who was drafted by this team, does he want to come back without Brady? Or is he looking for a huge deal? Or is it just whoever offers the most money? What We don't know what terms these guys are looking for, what situation. But that's going to be the big question is how many of these Buccaneers players want to stick around without Brady? Because if there's no Brady... We could see them regressing right back to the mean and another team that if there's no Brady, what do they do at quarterback? You've got Blaine Gabbert, who's becoming a free agent, and then Kyle Trask will be your only quarterback on the roster. So very curious situation, or unless you want to put your tinfoil hat on and discuss, is Tom Brady coming back? We'll save that conspiracy theory for a future show. And with that, you have our top 12 most intriguing off seasons. I think it'll be really, really fun. This is a fun little exercise to do. Again, we don't know every little subtle nuance and clause in these contracts, but just looking at the big money guys, and it'll be really interesting. The big dominoes to fall, I think, will be Aaron Rodgers, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Russell Wilson, what their franchises do. Teams like the Giants or the Eagles, who we didn't get to talk about as much, but they have a lot of draft capital. Teams like the Dolphins and the Bengals, who usually don't get to feel great about a lot, may have some very exciting years ahead of them if they play this offseason correctly we can look back on these off seasons every year and see franchise changing moves that happen you look back and think wow that was an amazing choice by them or maybe that wasn't the best choice by them but a really fun time we all love to kind of the you be the gm so it's fun to do this episode in a couple weeks we'll see how these things have shaken out we're going to get through march madness here with andrew next week for the basketball uh, conference tournaments and then look at the big dance 
Plan to have Shannon and Kevin on in two weeks to talk NCAA wrestling championship picks and see how much we all botched the first two rounds of March Madness. And then we'll get back into the NFL free agency. Some of the dust have settled. Some of these big names may be in new places, and your team may have some new enthusiasm. But an exciting march ahead for us. A great UFC card coming up this weekend. WrestleMania is not far away. NHL, we're getting close to the playoff push for them. NBA, we'll get back in here as some of those teams, like the Lakers and the Nets, see if they can right the ship before the playoffs. So a lot going on in the sports world. We will have it for you every week. A little bit of something different here on the Sports Gospel Show. That's what we like to do. We want to be that sports show that brings you everything, not just the same highlights that you're going to hear talk to death for 12 hours on sports radio. We want to go a little bit deeper, talk about the names and the activities and the sports that may not get your mainstream, but also be positive and have a little fun with it. We say this all the time. We're not here to be cliche or do hot takes or yell for the sake of yelling. We're here because we love sports. We want you to love sports. We're going to be positive as much as we can, uplifting, have fun, and talk about how great sports are. We're happy to have you here with us. Thank you for your support. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, sportsgospel.com, and we thank you all for joining us. We'll be back next Thursday night.